If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the sensuous sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. And you clowns almost ruined the franchise last week. I can't believe it. I can't go away for a single episode without you taking over and, and making a mockery of everything we stand for. What What are you talking about? That was a, a perfectly good episode yeah it, it actually was <laughs> it was a serviceable episode and i'll admit as i was listening to it uh on my way home from class uh which is why i couldn't appear on the app um i did chuckle more than a few times uh y'all y'all carried the dad jokes and and you you had a good conversation you you, you kept the faith and and i'm just mocking you I, I i don't mean to to actually negate your efforts you, you did very well i'm gonna go away more often i don't think you actually need me for this show so um well good I that makes three that, of us yeah <laughs> it, well it takes three of you to handle one of me that's fine that's that's okay that's a good ratio i i'm comfortable with that um all right we're, so we're, uh, we're, we're glad you're back though thanks for yeah for absolutely coming yeah i am back now and um we're gonna we're gonna do uh sort of a current events but uh from a different perspective this time i don't think we've quite done this before um i'm gonna go through a list of proposed regulations and legislation and uh bureaucratic developments and i'm gonna hand it off to each of you in turn and I want you to tell me if you can come up with some possible unintended consequences of what you could see as this thing going wrong, or at least not as expected. How's that sound? Oh boy, <laughs> this could get this could get fun. The reason yeah. the reason I've come to this is it seems like even though over the past say ten years there's been a lot of legislation or or efforts along uh, regulating technology. It seems to have like spiked in the past two months, like just the wildness of, of how much uh, different rules and and um, reigning in of, of our industry has occurred. So uh, I kind of want to put that at the forefront. Um, Y'all ready for this? And and Rafi, I promise, uh, even though a lot of this stuff is American centric, it, it it's not going to be uh, anything that you won't be able to interpret or predict because I think you're, you're quite familiar with regulation being there in Australia. <laughs> All right, um, I'm gonna start with an easy one because we've seen it before twice on this show, the Earn It Act or Earn IT because it's technology focused. Uh, th this is the legislation that will not die. Uh, it keeps getting defeated because it's stupid and horrible. And yet legislators still keep 
um, wanting to to bring this back to the forefront. And and I'm going to give this one to Rofty because it's right in his wheelhouse. This is sort of a, a softball pitch right here. Um, okay. So here's here's the point of the Earn IT Act or the Earn It Act. First, it's to restrict the use of encryption. It creates a 19-member commission to provide guidance to online services in the form of a best practices document about dealing with child sexual exploitation material. So it's it's a protecting the deity effort, right? It um it also allows that individual American states could bring lawsuits against online service providers that fail to prevent exploitation. So it it gives some um tort relief some some civil lawsuit relief to that it finally requires back doors to all end-to-end encryption solutions rafti what could possibly go wrong <laughs> no of course that the 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 famous quote here is if there's a backdoor in encryption it's not encryption um so you're not actually encrypting anything if it if there if you need something like a skeleton key where which can open everything um that's that's of course very bad but i was not aware that this is um supposed i mean that the yeti is the thing that everybody is like uh proposing it for i wasn't aware that this is the main thing the main driver that's, i thought it was there's only there's the, only two sledgehammers that legislators have protecting the the dieti and yeah. feeding terrorists. That's it. That's that's what we're left with today. Is is whenever whenever a lawmaker wants to avoid any critique or or any governance on their power, any stifling of their grasping, all they have to do is say, "Do you hate children and do you love terrorists?" Because <laughs> otherwise, you can't argue against me. You must pass my law, right? Okay, but like so, I'm I just uh, I just web searched it, and so earn it stands for eliminating abusive and uh, rampant neglect of interactive technologies act. Yes, and and I think as we've said before on the show, it, it's quite apt, and it, it's always a truism. If anyone makes a law with a cutesy title so that it goes to an acronym, it's a <laughs> shitty law. That's just that's a that's by definition. That, that's but I thought it was I thought it was broader. I mean, yes, like going into and I think this is I'm I'm sort of detouring here. I know, so you need to rein me in a bit this time. But like, <laughs> but I thought it is that it is broader, isn't it? Just like because it says like neglect, and it's like and what they want to scare you. It's not just uh, the deity where you need to be aware of like maybe uh, pictures or videos or media in that regard, but maybe just like in general what you're policing, isn't it? Isn't it um, all the isms where you where they can sort of like get you for that as well, or is this because regulate like speech regulation is not a thing? No, no, not not on this one. Not on this one. Okay, this, okay. This one uh, now now they they put it under a bigger umbrella. They said all sorts of criminals could be using encryption exactly. for nefarious purposes, right? Okay, okay, but not necessarily like the hate speech and the ideological stuff. That that okay. wasn't one of the stems of this. Yeah, one. but radicalization and stuff like that so you're still saying like uh this is sort of like the one thing leads to the other maybe i've i've read too much about like the all the 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 entrance stuff like that but now of well, course this is, like, this is the justification that russia has used since yeah. they you know first connected to the internet for disallowing encryption altogether in that country they've always said you know drug dealers 
or you know anybody in, involved in any crime if they could use end-to-end -end encryption law enforcement is hampered so yep. that's always been their justification i just yep. don't want our country to become more like russia that sounds like <laughs> I a so understand idea. No, yeah. and, and of course, you're right. I have been confronted with this question multiple times because what we're doing is encrypting basically all traffic. And so people are always asking, but what about the bad guys? What about them encrypting everything, making it easier for them? And I'm like, they already have solutions for this sort of stuff. I remember the and first time the, you were the on the show as a guest. The yeah. first time we had you on the show as a guest, I asked you that question. And yeah. you said, realistically, the criminals are making better stuff than we're going to make, than, than Safing <laughs> can come up with. Because <laughs> they have the incentive to do it, right? They can absolutely. afford to do it. Yeah, exactly. They don't need a free tool. Absolutely. No, absolutely. They build their own cellular networks. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and yeah. if they operate ships, if they operate infrastructure and stuff like that, if they smuggle stuff, you know, they have the capabilities. And what the issue is, is us individuals, us people, regular people, who have their like off the shelf uh, electronics, which they want to sort of like communicate with each other in a secure way, which where nobody is spying on you. Okay, so so let me see if I understand your your response. Just seemed like <laughs> off the cuff, scoffing at this, and and you know, and I agree, I totally agree. But let me boil it down. You said you said any backdoor means there's no encryption. So if there's yeah. no privacy for criminals, there's also no privacy for anyone else. The technology could be abused for terrible things. We all agree about that. But we're not going to get rid of telephones because because kidnappers use phones to make ransom demands, right? That's that's it's overbroad and it's not targeted. Are we in agreement here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I gave Rafti an easy one, Matt. I'm going to give you one that's a little bit more challenging on finding the unintended consequence. You ready for this? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Montana banned <laughs> TikTok. Yep. Now, um, for those listeners who aren't familiar with TikTok, are you familiar with TikTok? You got kids. I'm imagining you know what TikTok is. I have walked past devices that are playing TikToks, yes. I I don't think I've ever actually gotten on it myself or looked at anything on it. But, yes, it, it, it has played on devices in my house, yes. <laughs> okay, so did you want to describe what it is? Just give a quick oh, summation. Yeah, well, uh, didn't TikTok come from? Uh, it used to be called Vine or something like that. It's basically really short clips. No, it's not. It's not Vine. Or uh, okay, never mind. Vine is, an, is a, used to be a thing. Yeah, and it's it's a similar, it's similar thing. Okay. Similar, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, short clips, uh, videos with uh, music. Sometimes it's sped up. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're you know, just something offbeat or something like that. And kids just eat it up because they're, they're these little tiny, and by short, I mean five to 15, 20 second video clips of something happening. Text is overlaid. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it sucks. <laughs> okay. So, so if it was YouTube and Twitter's bastard child, right? It's got yeah. video, but it has to be abbreviated. That, that would be right, TikTok. Right. Right, and right. and you and I say it sucks, and I don't know what Rafti's opinion is, but the kids seem to like it. It is oh, a gosh. very popular. It is one of the most popular social media 
uh, services in the world, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But yeah, yeah, because I think it also has the ability to do like reaction videos and stuff. So if you watch somebody else's TikTok, you can film your own that's a reaction to theirs and they'll see your reaction and stuff like that. So yeah, so that, that's, that's where the social media aspect of it comes in because kids communicate through TikTok or I say kids, I guess people of all walks of life communicate through it now. <laughs> but yeah. Except for us, get off our lawn, <laughs> yeah. get off our internet lawn. Okay, so, so, um, Matt, can you, before I even give you the provisions of the bill that was written, can you see any concern with Montana banning TikTok? Well, yeah. I mean, on, on its surface, I would be all for it because I don't want TikTok. And <laughs> be honest, <laughs> if you want to ban it, that's fine with me. But that's, that's, that's kind of sticking my head in the sand and saying, well, just because it doesn't affect me doesn't mean I shouldn't have an opinion on it. That's see, and and I like that right off the bat. You know, when they came for my TikTok, nobody spoke up. When you know, <laughs> right. when they came for me, there was no one left TikToking. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, the the obvious thing whenever you see a blanket ban of some technology or some media or something like that is okay. Well, what what's the next thing? And then what's the next thing? And then where does this end? In other words, once you've opened that door a crack, then there's nothing stopping it from swinging all the way open and saying, let's just ban anything that we don't like, that we don't dis or that we don't agree with, or that we, you know, call a security risk or something like that. So, um, beautiful. And, and, I, and I like that right away. I mean, because it leads to a slippery slope. You know, we yeah. can, you don't just kick something out because some group doesn't like it. Right. Um, right. Good, good. Um, one of the other complaints, and, and, and I don't mean to step on your response, but one of the other complaints is that it's um, the opposite of what Rafti was talking about, the previous problem with the Earn It Act. This one's too specific as opposed to being too broad. It goes after, a, basically, it's a law tailored to go after a single provider, a single product. And that's called in the U.S. a bill of attainder, which is not legally viable. You're not supposed to do that. Lawmakers are not supposed to legislate against one person or one entity um, because they're supposed to be due process. They're supposed to be a, you know, innocent until proven guilty in all things. And therefore, you can't just make a law saying get rid of Matt Snotty because we don't like Matt Snotty, right? Um, oh <laughs> so that's that's one of the big issues that that people are having with this now here are the provisions of the law and this is the way that the lawmakers tried to get around the bill of attainder concerns um, because the law doesn't say only tiktok is being kicked out oh and by the way in the title of the law they misspelled tiktok they hyphenated it which i just find awesome that that to me <laughs> That to me says that they don't even know what the hell they're regulating. But okay, here are the <laughs> here are the provisions. <laughs> a social media application may not operate within the territorial jurisdiction of Montana, Montana, if the social media application allows a the collection of personal information or data, and b the personal information or data to be provided to a foreign adversary, as defined by federal law or a person or entity located within a country designated as a foreign adversary. Mm, okay. Yeah, and, and I know, you know, I read that to you, so you're not looking at the text, but can you, just from what you've heard, can you see any issue with a law that would say something like that? Uh, well, just in the, in the very first bit of the sentence, operating within the territory 
you said this was Montana. So does Correct. that mean physically located within the borders of Montana? Does that include the airspace above Montana? Does it include internet connections that go outside of Montana? <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. And I'm absolutely loving that you twigged on that first thing because we're seeing a lot of jurisdictional specific laws popping up. And they're all targeting the internet, which is supposed to be global or universal, right? Right. It's not um, bound by artificial lines on maps. <laughs> shouldn't be. It yeah. shouldn't be. I, I think. I think we all agree. Data should be portable, right? I mean, yeah. and it, it, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, uh, and and it does sound like an old throwback to the 1970s, where um morality laws were trying to be what they called community standards based right yeah. where where we don't want that in our community you can have it in your terrible you know sodom and gomorrah where you live right. but you can't bring it into our where we live right 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 i, mean, I, I was going to go back even further to, to, to joseph mccarthy and the red scare and and you know calling people communists based on you know almost little to no evidence of any at all so yeah, uh, humans have been doing this for a long time, and Americans in particular <laughs> love to point the finger and say, you're worse than I am, so therefore I'm making <laughs> rules about you. <laughs> and, and I'm not abrogating your freedom. You can do what you want in your own home. Just don't right. bring it into mine, right? right. Yeah. Uh, which but, you is, know, yeah. like Europe is doing a similar or has been doing a similar thing for the longest time, and it has um, actually like forced, I think, France in the last couple of months to phase out Microsoft Office 365 out of schools because they're like it's like European in Europe. It's forbidden to transfer the data of European citizens outside of the European Union right. and stuff like that. I don't, uh, and and I would say this is this is not a bad thing. Like it's protecting the data of the people. And uh, like, I, and I know you haven't talked about this. You talked about the technicalities of what does operating mean. I don't. I think like you as an individual have so little power on about where your data is going. Um, and often you don't know, uh, and I would love some more like transparency and if the market would regulate it. I mean, this is what I'm doing, but like, it's like, I'd love to sort of like get more people aware of this and stuff like that. But it's, I think at least in Europe, the government stepping in and saying, well, we don't have like you consumers don't have as individuals the power to hold on to your data. So we forced the companies to keep it like at least in the vicinity where where you are and where you know where the law is, where you know what, what's happening with the data and what's allowed with the data and stuff like that. Uh, okay, all right. And that's always been an argument for GDPR. Um, but I liken, <laughs> I liken this less to France and, and France has its other own issues where they're now, oh, yeah. they're gonna be requiring that all online services verify the ages of their users before collecting their data, which is what uh, the UK just did. And famously in this past month, the Wikimedia Foundation said they're no longer going to be offering any of their services to the UK because uh, Wikipedia has always had a strong stance saying, we're not gonna collect any user information. We should not track our users and their usage of our tools because we don't want anyone coming to us later like a government and saying what did rafti look at what was his search terms which pages did he read and wikimedia uh, wikimedia foundation said 
if you require us to collect that information, which may in the future put our users at risk, we just won't do business there. And therefore now the UK does not have access to Wikipedia. Does that really serve the interest of their citizens? I mean, <laughs> well, now now we can talk about the value of Wikipedia, but but you see, but you see what I'm saying in terms of you know if the choice is between possibly exposing your users to risk, or complying with the law, uh, you're going to end up with fewer and fewer services that uh, can be truly anonymous and and can protect users, and I think that harms users overall. I think. Again, for whatever value TikTok offers, Montana is doing a disservice to its citizens because it's closing one avenue of communication, whether or not we like it. It's something the users might want to use. And as we reduce those opportunities for citizens, I think citizens end up with a, a smaller bushel of value. Yeah. What I what I like is, as I said, like that what the data staying near you means is that you have a better understanding of what the law is and better understanding what's allowed with your data and what's not. And I think the whole issue with TikTok is that we don't understand. And I am Europe, don't understand it either. What is their law? What is what is allowed there? What can they do? Uh, how are they regulated? Um, is it is there and maybe even incentives to to spread stuff that I don't like and stuff like that? And I think it's not as neutral. Um, this is this is what I like about keeping the data close. And yes, you're right. Like this can have knock on effects, and we should be aware of them and we should protect it. But I think like having the data near and this is like famously so many things like you're saying um stuff like innocent until proven guilty this is not the law in everywhere of the world you know no this is not no it's, it's very much an american thing exactly yeah, it, and so I, I you, you and you presume that this to be the case and so you're like well if the data stays in the us and you and you know what the law there says so you understand how it will be interpreted, what you're saying, what you're sharing, what's on there. And this is sort of like, and I don't want to go too, too deep into that, but this is sort of like what I understand. And this is where I'm like, banning the app is not a good thing, but this is uh, the other way of solving the same issue where I'm like, I think it's keeping the data within the country um, so that you at least know how it will be read and how it will have to sort of like what standards it would have to raise to, to actually be, make you like liable for something or somewhat, you know? in your country, this is stuff where I'm like, okay, this is sort of like what, what I agree with more. Yeah. Somewhere you're, saying, the line. you're saying for the internet, think global, act local. To me, that <laughs> kind of is counter to the whole part, to the whole point of the internet. Now, in fairness to these lawmakers and a lot of other similar uh, uh, politicos across the US, they've been screaming about TikTok for a while. And that's why the second provision of the rule about the foreign adversary crap, that's that's in that law. TikTok is a Chinese-owned company, and any company within China is necessarily going to have to share its data with the Chinese government, which is, you know, by definition, kind of anti-human um because of their practices and policies and therefore these lawmakers are concerned that the chinese intelligence services and the chinese government will have access to all these tiktok videos and personal information relating to tiktok users i say from what little exposure i've ever had to intelligence um, analysis and usage 
I would love to flood the Chinese intelligence services with 14-year-olds doing stupid dances. I think that will keep them busy for the next millennia. Um, and and, and uh, I really don't see the... There is a potential for downstream harm, I guess, if 20 years from now that 14-year-old is in a position of power and doesn't want to be blackmailed with exposure of the video they made today. Um, maybe that's a downstream effect, but uh, I... I think it's overblown. I think it's, uh, um, you know, Matt made mention of the McCarthy and Red Scare. I I, I would kind of liken it to that. We've got such an anti-Chinese sentiment right now that we see them as this, you know, uh, uh, boogeyman hiding in our closet waiting to leap out and attack us. And in the meantime, if kids are just making stupid videos, it's not the worst thing in the world. But that's my perspective. Um, Maybe... Maybe then just to add to this, because it, it fits very beautifully, I think. Like my sister-in-law, she is early 20s. Um, she basically, for her, TikTok is like Wikipedia. Like she doesn't read stuff. She watches video. And so she sort of like consumes it. And and, and so often, basically every time I see her, she has, quote unquote, learned something new from TikTok. And some it's sometimes very stupid stuff, you know? <laughs> and, and, and what I'm sort of like... But it's it's sort of like what are the, the the topics you know what is she talking about what's on her mind this is shaped by that sort of stuff and when I'm thinking about my kid now I'm like before I watch a movie like let him watch a movie I would want to watch that movie first to understand how it's affecting him to understand what are the messages and be able to talk with with my kid through it and sort of like parent it and I don't know my kid is very young Matt has maybe more ideas about that but the amount and, and Matt was already saying this of information it's 10 to 20 seconds video you cannot watch and sort of like pre-filter TikTok um, it's like it's so much and um, YouTube <laughs> for instance it has an extra area for kids and so on you okay, know okay but, but TikTok you know, does not on the bendless <laughs> episode last week matt used an excellent term which i think is very apt here gatekeeping which is what you're talking about and it's something parents should do for their kids but i think that ship has sailed you are not going to be able to restrict the internet from your child and if you did your child would end up stunted compared to its cohort in you know the next 10 15 years um which is not to say that tiktok is a great mode um, a great medium for conveying useful information what you and i would consider useful but saying that it's okay to ban the thing because we think it's drivel is sort of like the same assholes in the 1980s who wanted to ban Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine because they thought it was uh, rotting our brains. And and I know Matt and my brain are rotted. Matt, did you read Mad Magazine? I love Mad Magazine, yes. <laughs> yes. But the, but it would have the same sort of, uh, um, you know, prohibitionist response from a small segment of the population of this is bad info i'd rather kids have no info than get bad info right and this is not what i was I, what I was mainly advocating and saying well i understand and i would not want my kid on, on facebook either but i'm understanding sort of like their differences when it comes to consuming media especially like moving pictures and there's a reason why there are so many like tvs around and bars and everything we humans react differently to moving pictures and so on so this is just like where i'm like yeah it's a little bit more than just stupid information out there 
Sorry, I mean, okay, yes, but I think that ship has sailed. I, I don't think we can put that genie <laughs> back in the bottle and say, you know, you can't get this. But okay. And the final provision thing that I trip on in terms of unintended consequences is the law says um, uh, any of this personal information um, being provided to a person or entity located within a country designated as a foreign adversary. Does that mean that a user in another country viewing your videos, if that country is hostile, just because there's another user there viewing your videos, then we're going to close that service? That seems kind of silly, too, because, you know, pick the worst enemy nation we've ever had. You know, pick the USSR. That's like saying any any Russian citizen receiving a letter from me means we're going to shut down the mail service to that country. That that seems a a bit overblown. It's a it's a sledgehammer, you know, going after right, the smallest right. mosquito. Yeah. So yeah. bad law, um, stupid approach. Rafti, you ready for the next I one? Could... It's going to be a hard one for you. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Our um, uh, personal taxes. Our personal tax facilitation is performed by an entity called the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service. And Americans have to file their taxes each year with the IRS, and the IRS will review them, tell you if you got anything wrong, and will assign fines and perhaps prison time if you do it incorrectly. Prison time? What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Yes, yeah, the the the, IR, the IRS is famously uh, um, very persistent and, and oh. insistent about you paying your taxes. To, yeah, yes, I understand. Fair. Prison prison is, is is an extreme thing. That's an outlier. It's it's not okay. often you go to prison because of unless you are egregiously evading your taxes, all okay. on, you know mafia or I'm something. Saying, like that. Yeah, or Wesley I'm... Snipes. Oh yeah, I guess he did do time, didn't he? He did do but, time, but, but again, yeah, that falls in the egregious category because that was millions of dollars of taxes that he wasn't paying. Okay, newsworthy right. stuff. Okay, all right. So, so basically, um, there's been some contention for for decades about how this process goes, because basically, I have to guess at how much I owe. I have to submit that as a number. The IRS takes its time reviewing that number, and then they come back and tell me whether I'm right or wrong, as opposed to just telling me up front, here's what you owe, and then I pay it, right? So there's a current effort right now in the IRS to make their own tax preparation online service or portal where U.S. citizens can log into the irs.gov and go through the forms and fill out all the numbers, and then they get told what the bill is. And just for your information, Rafti, there are entire industries that exist in this country where I know. Um, they Listen, do I know. I always heard the ads. I, I heard the ads. TurboTax, I think, yes. is one I heard constantly. Yes, yes. very good. Block. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, so uh, how do you feel about this, about the IRS creating its own service for achieving this goal i don't know i mean i think i like it I, but um you know for me as a european it's like you know how our government is doing it collecting more taxes and then returning it <laughs> yeah okay yeah we do that yeah it yeah. used to not yeah. be automatically and you had to go them to them and sometimes it had been thousands of euros by the end of the year um which the government owed you and it was like and nobody's going into prison for that you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you're, you're 
you don't get interest on what they withhold. If oh, it's that's not true either. That's so yeah, true either. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I like it. I think taxes, it's a it's a thing you have to do. It's a thing the government requires you to do. And I think therefore it's in it's they should make it as easy as possible. And um it's I think it's partly their duty as well to to make it as simple as possible. Um okay. Okay. they want something. I'm always uh, of the, the mind if you want something from someone. Um, they should make every effort to make it as easy for you as possible. If I want somebody to pay an invoice for me, I'm putting like my my uh, information, how they can pay me as fast as possible on that invoice. That uh, makes sense. I like that a lot. Yes, that's I good. Want that's the good money from them. service. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I want money from and them. Matt, I make it as easy as possible. <laughs> I want to throw this one over to you just to, to get your input. Uh, you know, I know we've been going uh, onesie twosie here, but but what do you think of this one? Oh, as an American uh, who uh, hires a certified public accountant, who and and my father was a certified public accountant, uh, the the tax system being very convoluted has made a lot of people a lot of money. Because there are professionals out there who um, make very good livings interpreting tax laws and tax codes. So the IRS starting its own thing on its face sounds good. Uh, I don't really have a, have a problem with that. The reality of it is I think that the vast majority of its users would be the people who already get their stuff done for free anyway. People who are in the lower income brackets and stuff like that. Because the people who are in the higher income brackets are still going to find ways. There's the old joke of uh, tax avoidance is not the same as tax evasion. The people who avoid taxes using certain uh, techniques and schemes and loopholes and all that kind of stuff are going to continue to need. They're not going to be able to do that kind of stuff with an IRS funded uh, online thing. And they're not going to take the time to, to, to use it anyway. So, uh, it, fine, oh, sure. <laughs> I, and I'm kind of with you. This is one of the few uh, on this list that I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound terrible. I, you know, I'm. They're already getting my data. They are. They're already, you know, enforcing the law. Let's let's what Rafti said. Make them make it as easy as possible for me to conform and comply. If if the penalties are such that I I could really get hurt by doing it wrong. Make me do it right. Show me how to do it, and I'll use your portal. That, that I like that. I agree with both of you there. Cool. Just a, does it get like taught in in school? No, Is it the class? No. Yeah. No, and that's one of the greatest shortcomings of American government schooling is they teach you everything except what you actually need to to yeah. exist in our world. <laughs> but same in Europe. Same here. <laughs> and, and it should be basic. I mean, that should be like you know the tenth grade introduction to taxes. You know, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Um, the next one goes to Matt. This one, okay. This one's a little interesting. This this uh, dovetails with our our series of Musk sent uh, events. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Twitter. A couple weeks ago, Twitter complied with some governmental requests from the government of Turkey. Uh, evidently, um, the the Turkish government requested that certain accounts or messages on Twitter be stifled, not that the accounts be yanked or the users be kicked off the platform, but that the messages themselves could not be broadcast and amplified through Twitter's normal processes. Usually, the more something is like, the more it's exposed to more users. Um, and Twitter complied. Uh, and uh, this all stems evidently from there's an upcoming election in Turkey and the embattled current president of Turkey wants to uh, discourage any 
naysaying of his approaches or himself. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that, man? Well, as I've said many times, I'm I'm going to beat this drum again. Twitter is a private entity. It is uh, privately owned. It can do what it wants. And if you dislike the way that uh, a company is doing something, you have ways to uh, discourage it from doing those things, namely by <laughs> switching your services to someone else, spending your money somewhere else uh, and something like that. So, uh, again, I, fine. You know, Elon's uh, fine doing whatever he wants. Now, knowing Elon and, and not knowing any of the behind the scenes stuff, was there any sort of uh, monetary transfer to encourage Twitter to do this? Uh, was there some see, sort of... <laughs> see, now, and here's, the, here's where the accusations start to fly. First, when Musk took over Twitter, he said it's going to be a free expression platform. So a lot of people are saying this was hypocrisy on his part. Um, uh, with that said, and I'll give you the caveat in a minute, there were others who pointed out that Turkey is negotiating, doing business with, uh, is it SpaceX? Is SpaceX, that, yeah. yeah. For their <laughs> own space program. Oh, so, yeah. So there may be a conflict of interest influencing the decision there. Well, some, someone's conflict of interest is someone else's incentive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, now, the caveat that Musk said after he was critiqued for complying with the Turkish government was that, look, I always said um, this will be a platform for freedom of expression with the only limitations being anything that's illegal. And if the Turkish government says stifle this or we're closing Twitter in Turkey, then he's going to comply with it. That's it for whatever you view the Turkish government as, whether it's you know uh, legitimate or otherwise, it is the current government, and they do have the power of law behind them, so they can make those requests. Um, and you know, it, it also dovetails with his efforts to stem a lot of the anti-Dieti material that was on Twitter prior to him taking over. He said, "This is illegal material. Forget freedom of expression when it comes to harming children. We're going to kick that off too." And there wasn't as much uproar about that action, uh, understandably so. Um, so, yeah, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. It, it's a private enterprise, but he may be he may be acting beyond his remit that he himself created, that he said it's going to be open and, and free, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you create and publish terms of service for your services, then you are expected to hold yourself accountable to those terms of service and not just change them on a whim. But when you have sole control over an entire platform that has billions of users, <laughs> sometimes you, you, you figure out ways to, to get around it. Yep. And, and it's still hard to go up against the crown, you know, when right. Twitter doesn't have nearly as many guns as Turkey does. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just but the maybe thing. Maybe SpaceX has bigger rockets than Turkey does. <laughs> now, as, as much as I'm a fan of Elon, when he starts threatening using those rockets in offensive measures, he's gonna he goes straight to Bond supervillain status, <laughs> and, and he no longer has any of my adoration. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, maybe even fit. for even for countries that may be as evil as Turkey or North Korea or whatever. You know, is Turkey evil? 
I, yeah, yeah. It depends what day it is, and, yeah. and you know, yeah. I'm I, I'm always really careful about terming any uh, country or nation as as evil as a blanket statement. So, uh, I, let I'll me say the Turkish government. How's that? Okay. Let me say the Turkish government, not the Turkish. At the moment, still part of NATO. Yes. At the moment, still. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. So, so again, we so. have incentives to uh, maintain friendly relationships with them. <laughs> a bit, a bit. Yes. Yeah. But okay. Maybe just two tidbits uh, about Turkey. I don't know if you know this, but their currency is in free fall. Um, they have been like they had those horrible earthquakes a couple of months ago. Um, in addition to to their horrible monetary policies and everything, um, their currency is devaluing fairly rapidly, and um, so a lot of uh, euros are sent there at the moment because. Um, is fairly stable because the block is fairly big. Um, and the other thing, because we're talking about um, uh, like TikTok earlier, and Matt was mentioning my Vine. Vine is owned by Elon Musk now as well because it was part of Twitter. Interesting. I, think I was, was not aware bought, of that. Was bought by Twitter. I'm not 100 sure, but I'm fairly sure. And there were even some ideas of if he maybe revives Vine. Because of course they have the all those and Vine was big back in the day, but it apparently short videos, the monetization with them is not too great. YouTube is making the same discovery in that regard as well, and so who knows how TikTok is paying for their service? You know, keeping uh, with yeah, <laughs> paying paying um, for for such an unlucrative business is hard. Um, Truth exactly. Truth. All right, I've got one more. Uh, let, let's. Uh, I'm going to give this to you, Rafti, and this is going to be interesting. Again, this is very U.S. centric, but I, I think you can roll with it. It's called the Secure the Border Act, and it requires all American employers to validate the either the citizenship or qualification to legally work for all new hires in the U.S. How do you okay. feel about that? Rafi, um, do you have to do any kind of uh, citizenship checking whenever you, you do a new yeah. hire at Safing? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, they have to have like, and I think maybe it's it's because Europe is, is bigger and it, it the U made it, made it much easier. Uh, but no, we cannot hire somebody um, because we have to pay taxes so much, and the employer has to pay the taxes, and it's and they have to be part of our like. So we, it's normal to me. I don't know. Let uh, me um, let me add one more aspect to this. In okay. order to comply with the act, you'll have to use the e-verify system, which is the government's tool for checking the status of somebody's uh, work ability or legitimacy okay i don't know like well, do you have a do you have a do you have a similar tool there that you no. just you type somebody's name and, and their passport number in and it comes up and tells you whether they're able no. to work in austria no i think it would be the we didn't never or no we did of course somebody from the uk and they have not been part of the eu at this point anymore <laughs> um they had to go to the government themselves and bring sort of like a work visa thingamajig so how, they how would you to, have known yeah. otherwise that they weren't legitimate to work for you um I, they would because we would ha need an insurance number Okay. To ensure them, we would need their insurance number. And so um, if 
we is don't that issued have by that. an insurer or is that issued by the, the government government, government. Okay. so there- by, by different government as well from the eu but it needs to be in government issue security number it's a, an eu wide uh system at this point and is there an electronic verification for that i mean do you type that insurance number in and it comes back and says whether they're listed or not listed i personally don't but my um accountant does yes okay and so it's basically the same system just with a an end run around instead of citizenship it's insurance status right yeah okay and so you don't see this as a terrible thing um, <laughs> that's a loaded question <laughs> well no I'm, I'm just I, it i mean it it might be annoying or it might be whatever but it's not it's no different from what you normally do in your business practice exactly exactly and for us insurance uh government insurance is in austria we you're not allowed to have no insurance basically as well so you're required to have insurance because if anything happens to you um the the hospital you go to needs to be paid by someone so you are required by law to have some sort of insurance and it's fairly cheap if you're not like i think it's 30 euros per month if you are like that's a basic insurance that you can get so it's it's very cheap um but you have to have insurance if you're in austria so as someone okay. who pays for health insurance for my entire family i'm salivating over the thought of only 30, 30 euros, euros per person right yeah <laughs> no 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 and that's just not no no i have to pay a couple hundred euros to a thousand euros um okay. no, uh, a month no 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 it's okay. just for if you're for instance if you're um in this um in between zone because you know we have I would call it almost like forced labor. Like um, we have to do military service for half a year. You're forced to do it. Um, and so you sometimes have this period in between after school where you're insured with your parents and before you're like required to go to the military. Uh, and during that time, you, you're not insured with anybody and you can't be insured by your parents because you're not in the school system anymore. And so during that time for those situations, you're like, it's, you have to be insured. They have to collect some money from you. And so that's 30 euros, but you're not it's allowed to do that. Exactly. Basically. Okay, like okay. That. So if anybody listening, healthcare is not cheap in Austria. We pay okay. way too much taxes and way too much <laughs> for healthcare as well. It's not free, even though they think it's free. You it's pay free. For it. It, it's yeah. socialized. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt, wh- how do you feel about the Secure the Border Act? The Secure the Border Act. So I've got some a little bit of insight into the, the, the dealings and, and what, what brings around something like this. I've had clients in the past that have a sizable portion of their workforce be of Mexican descent, which is what these types of bills are usually aimed towards, the brown people that come in from the South, uh, either legally or illegally. Um, and this one client of mine in particular that's no longer a client, um, they, 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 they required verification of citizenship or a social security number or something like that, as any employer does, much like I think Rati does. I think that's the analog here. Of um, the insurance number. Yeah. 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 To the insurance number, yeah, using a social security number or something like that. Um, the HR person who was at that company was a good friend of mine. And we had many conversations off the record, uh, about some of the practices that were going on and they were fully knowledgeable about the legal status of many of their employees and how they, even though they presented valid credentials, they knew that they were either forged or bought or, you know, related to someone that was not actually that person, but they had no leg to stand on to say anything about it. Because if the, if the employee presents these documents, 
you are not really given any tools to to check whether they are are real or not. You, you, know, you know, I guess you. And I, and I think we see that as endemic throughout food creation and distribution services in mm -hmm. particular, which are the ones that uh, rely on a lot of illegal immigrant yep. labor. Farming. Both Mexican and Chinese immigrants, oddly, a lot of Asian immigrants in the the chicken plants, in the in the farming and the agriculture and the actual harvesting. And I think it's become you know it, it's the common it, it's the common thing that we all know, but we tend to overlook, which is they share social security numbers because one person gets a legitimate one and they allow you know fifteen of their family and friends to utilize it to gain employment and be productive, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, so how do you feel about this law? So, yeah, does this law then give companies, uh, employers more tools to verify who these people yeah. are that they're hiring basically? Okay. So it would be um, the E-Verify program, which yeah, is an yeah. online. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see a lot of pushback from a lot of employers that don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, that is a valid concern. There are employers who see that as a liability because, uh, they, they enjoy having a cheap, uh, ready-made workforce that they don't have to ask a lot of questions about. <laughs> and, you know, the, the risk of deportation is just the cost of doing business, essentially. And, um, and I got to say, this is unfair to the employees because you're, you're necessarily creating a gray market where they, they exist, but they don't exist. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's unfair to competitive labor who, you know, if you can't get a job because somebody else is getting a job, getting paid less that you wouldn't accept, then it's distorting the price incentives. Yeah. Um, and it seems as if the employers are taking advantage of this um non bright line distinction in order to get this benefit without having to take on that liability yeah yeah very much so so uh but uh, on the flip side of it there's always the argument of um there are mexican descended people who uh live and work here who came legally uh, went through all the proper channels of immigration um got their green card then got full citizenship who really have a lot of disdain for um, other people who can come in and, and, and do it through illegal means because their attitude is, I went through all the steps, the, the, the US government you know, put out this path, I followed it and, and I made it. So why can't uh, these other people? So yeah, there's two yeah, sides. At considerable thing. cost and effort. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, taking years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have a friend who uh, immigrated from uh, Egypt um, here to Kentucky, and went through all the legal steps to 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 get full full citizenship, and it was years and thousands and thousands of dollars and all that kind of stuff. But he finally got it, and he was he was so happy and so proud that he finally got it. And of course, now he's back in um, Egypt temporarily. <laughs> currently. Well, if you have to choose between Kentucky and Egypt, I mean, you'd be a dumbass not to go to Egypt. Uh, all right. And, and I agree with you. I agree. I agree with kind of both of you, but I, I see this as another onus on the businesses and also uh, uh, something that could lead to a lot of harm to a lot of people. Honestly, uh, you know, I'm very much an open borders kind of person where I believe anyone should be able to travel anywhere as long as they're not breaking laws. If we get rid of the law saying you can't travel, then you're not breaking the law. Um, so uh I, i'm all for more mobile uh people a populace yeah. yeah um all right unfortunately we got to wrap it up early today um but uh, i want to thank you both i like this i actually had a couple more in the chamber ready to go uh yeah. so maybe we'll do this again on, on future episodes and maybe yeah. even with Joey's back okay. yeah that'd be great
All right. Um, any announcements real quick about uh, upcoming events or business or anything like that? Uh, I, I don't think so. I'm not going to be here next week. Uh, okay. I'm on vacation myself. Joey's on vacation this week. <laughs> so we'll we'll swap you for Joey next week. Yeah, you'll swap me for Joey. And of course, I'll, you I'll, are here. I'll, be, I'll be very careful about talking slower. How's that? <laughs> All that to say, uh, Ben, you took a week off. Joey's taking a week off. I'll be taking a week off. Rafti, you've got to start taking a week off. You you work too much. You, you you're too dedicated <laughs> to this podcast. You need to take a break. But this is his <laughs> form of recreation. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Loving it. <laughs> All right. Any announcements on safing, Rafti? No, no, not at the moment. <laughs> okay. Um, just a quick note for those of you who are interested. I just scheduled wannabea classes for June and July. One CISSP, one CCSP. Uh, so go to the website wannabeacissp.com. Check out those if you're interested. Uh, and then till next time, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. Catch us again next week for another episode of the sensuous sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rafti, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications. Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. That's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss, send a good old fashioned email to Ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S A F. I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com. And listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash s-s-o-i underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.